Ginger Broads. This is Liz. This is Devin. We're back again. Yeah. I'm going to start with patrons. I'm in a singing mood. We were talking about favorite movies and songs that make you feel better. And one song that always makes me feel better is... <laughs> you like my version of it? That was so funny. Yeah, that was great. <laughs> yeah. There's two people in the whole wide world me and the moon, and the moon. there you go yeah. i knew it was the other day i got our original ouija broads the first 50 episodes song mm-hmm. stuck in our head and i couldn't recall it for you to save my own life right now but it was weird this is haunted thank you ray fox 1934 thank you oh you're so good i missed i missed that outro yeah. of yes it was, was yeah yeah <sighs> Good times. Okay, patron thank yous. I would like to thank Sarah, Jillian, Lucinda, and Eric. Thank you for coming on board, or in Sarah's case, upgrading. Thank you so much. That means you guys are probably the first group to get the brand new holographic Pacific North Weird stickers. <laughs> holographic stickers. That's so my fun. My dream. I know. I know. <laughs> I'll put on my Nalgene. <laughs> <laughs> They're so good. I'll be sending those out. I'm excited. Mm-hmm. I really hope I get one. I, I think I can hook you up. <laughs> so I have a story for you, uh, if you're ready. I think you have a, tell me I think you have a ghost story for me, and I'm about to yes. I'm about to vibrate out of my chair. I'm so stoked. Cool. No, it's not. <laughs> you, you requested a ghost, and yes. I came through. <sighs> and I even, this is like, went back to the beginning, back to the roots. We're going to talk about a castle. Ugh. <sighs> And you know we're going to talk about a ghost or more uh-huh. than one ghost. Because it's a castle. It's a ca- can fit a lot in there. Yeah, they can. And here, we're also doing, in part in honor of the various Canadian patrons we've accumulated, a Canadian story. Oh, okay. Yes. A Canadian this castle. Another highlight from Victoria's Most Haunted, which my mom got me. Mm-hmm. When she was visiting British Columbia. She also sent me pictures of a Cadborosaurus carving of some kind. Oh, she's perfect. Oh, shit, there's a fucking spider on my microphone. Hang on. Sorry. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> Where did it go? Spider. No, I Fuck said me. after I'd scared her with a ghost story. Fuck after. You both. Fuck you both! Oh! Oh my god, I don't know where he is! This is gonna be the gift that keeps on giving! Oh, I can't find it, Liz! Oh my god! Oh! Upsetting! Mmm! Okay, well... Okay. Go for it. I don't know where he is! He's very fast! Okay. I don't, I don't know what to do. I don't know what to do either. I think you just keep going. Okay, well, and if you scream again, then he's really earning his five bucks. He's doing just fine for you, isn't he? Oh, I'm in a mood now, so spook yeah, me. Yeah, Here come the spook. Okay. <laughs> Ian Gibbs wrote this book called Victoria's Most Haunted Ghost Stories from BC's Historic Capital City. And this is the book that also gave us Five Ghosts of the Empress Hotel. Oh, cool. And I thought, that was great. Let's go back. Let's find out more. Mm-hmm. Let me tell you about a man named James Dunsmere. So James Dunsmere was the son of a coal baron. Here's how rich this family was. Okay. 
The Coal King Robert owned one fifth of Vancouver Island. Oh my goodness. Acres. He was paid seven hundred and fifty thousand dollars in eighteen eighty three. Seven hundred and fifty thousand dollars and two million acres for building a rail line. Oh wow! And that's, that's not how he even got rich. <laughs> <laughs> so he's already rich. We're just this is his folding money. This is walking around cash. <laughs> well, much like DC Corbin, yeah, the money's in the mines mm-hmm. and. If you have the mines and the railroads that bring them Uh. out, you've got a couple things going for you. (laughs) One is a monopoly, Uh pretty effectively, because you don't have to let anybody else ride your railroad or put little spurs out to their mines. Totally not. not. problem. No. Number two, you can strike bust like nobody's business. (laughs) (laughs) And I really want to make sure we put this family on blast for that, because, oh my god, they would call in the militia, they would hire scabs, they, basically, this was very classic, late 19th, early 20th century style robber, baron behavior. Yeah, yeah. Different flavor than early 21st century. <laughs> so, when he died in 1889, the front page headline in Vancouver was, The Coal King is Dead. So, of course, it makes sense. He was the coal king. He was very rich. What do you do in the late 1800s, early 1900s, is you build a beautiful castle. Of course you do. Of course you do. And by kids, I mean ten. Oh, God. They had two sons and eight daughters. Uh-huh. Oh, Joan, you poor woman. This was bef- <laughs> before <laughs> childbirth with anesthetics. I can't imagine 10 times, no, 11 times, because there was a child who didn't survive infancy. So they're trying to kind of split this up, right? So you want to give the sons some work to do and give the daughters some money and get them married off. And that's a job in itself in that social class and at that time. And it's going with only what we would call a mixed success. Mm -hmm. But as of the late 1800s or so, James, the elder son, he does the mining stuff. Alexander, the younger son, moves to San Francisco and he's managing the sales and the shipping because that's obviously another big port town. Two sons, eight daughters (laughs) to marry off, trying to figure out how to get them to manage this empire, which every crime drama has explained. You can't just split it up into the next generation. Yeah. It doesn't work like that. He died before it was done. His wife goes okay i have to i'm not handling this she goes away she travels in europe while her sons oversee the completion of the construction oh so the rest of the family minus the father moves in in 1890 now the problem is and i don't care how much or how little money you have this will go poorly to james and alexander robert said i'm leaving you the money (laughs) And the uh, property and the businesses. And to Joan, he actually did leave the money and the property uh, and the possessions. So these guys are in their 30s. They've worked in the family business their whole life. Right. Having been told that when he passes away, they're going to get all this. Right. They fight with their mother for 10 years. Oh, my God. They're going to fight that woman into a grave. Jesus. Maybe that was the goal. Oh, there Maybe you go. That was the goal. But Great yeah, seven sons. years of negotiations for them to get their hands on the San Francisco one. Another three for James to get the coal under his belt. And this is 
God. They are in their 30s when their father dies. Alex is in his 40s when they finally get the money from Joan. Alex has been living with this woman, Josephine, as man and wife for almost 20 years. Almost 20 years. And when he finally gets the money, he says, Josephine, I assume he said, you extremely patient woman. (laughs) You've done your time. We've done the thing. We finally won. I finally have the money. We can finally get married. So they do. And on their honeymoon, six weeks later, he dies. (gasps) No. Oh, dear. Oh. So guess where we're at again? Reading the will. Oh, we're back at the will. Oh, (laughs) no. This went poorly last time. Oh, my. So this goes... So poorly, there's another quarrel over the will because, of course, the rest of the family is like, oh, okay. James is versus Joan and all the daughters. And it goes all the way to essentially what would be the Supreme Court Mm -hmm. in the U.S. Or, as they called it at the time and the place, the Judicial Committee of the Privy Council in London. Hmm. Now, one of the reasons why this is really awkward is that James, the alive one, yeah. Is premier of British Columbia. <laughs> so, like, I don't even know how to pick an equivalent politician for this. <laughs> but especially if you go back a hundred years. Yeah. And you're like, can you imagine how embarrassing it would be to be like, well, let's mm-hmm. see, it all started when my dad died. <laughs> and then uh, I fought with my mom for 10 years. And then my brother died. And now I guess we're fighting again. <sighs> So I have a castle to get back to. Yeah, exactly. So as a result of this, James and his mother don't speak for years. Mm-hmm. And she dies a couple years after he starts building his castle. And the local newspaper is even like reporting because at the time he's the lieutenant governor of British Columbia. Oh my goodness. Whether he's going to attend the funeral or not. Oh my and goodness. And he actually decided to at the last minute, broke okay. down and wept. And I feel sad for him in that yeah. situation. Yeah. So that's generation one. James decides to build this place called Hatley Castle. So in 1906, James and his wife, Laura, purchased the property. At the time, James, when he's in politics, getting involved with this castle, is on the older side. He's in his late 50s, early 60s. He's thinking about retiring from politics. And he's also selling off the stuff that his father passed on to him. Hmm. So stuff like those two million acres yeah. of the railway sold them for $2.3 million in 1905. Oh, he had all the money there was at the yeah, time. Yeah, he had all of it. He just, just used to call up the bank and yeah. be like, can you print some more? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I mean yeah, it was him and what John Astor. Well, and, one north and one and, south of the border. Uh, I yeah, worry about it. right. They just call each other and talk about their Scrooge McDuck swimming pool. In 1910, he sold the mining stuff to the Canadian Northern Railway for $11 million. Oh! $11 million. This is so much money. Oh! For a family. We have this man who watched his father build and fail to complete his castle before he died. And he's 61, and he's retired from politics. And... He also wants to build a castle. 
James does not want to follow in his father's footsteps. He wants to live in that castle, yes. I imagine. He's like, I want to stand there and never go past them. Yes. So his vision, it was very Marie Antoinette, Petit Trianon stuff. Mm-hmm. He wanted to live the life of an English gentleman. Ah. Despite, it's very like, James Dunsmere is neither English nor a gentleman disgust. Exactly. <laughs> it's like, yes. sir, you were... From Scottish folk and now uh-huh. Canadian. Uh-huh. He, uh-huh. So his vision for Hatley Castle, he, he bought the ground, he started to design and build this castle with architects and everybody, and he wanted it to be basically a functioning estate. So being a early 20th century robber baron was not doing it for him. He wanted to be like a medieval lord or <laughs> maybe, you know, I'm enclosing all the land and you have to come be my tenants and stuff like yeah very regency very that wanted to have serfs yeah yeah let me see if i can do justice to the vision that there was for hatley castle so okay james commissioned samuel mcclure an architect who would design this for him as well as brett and hall who were landscape artists to plan the gardens and the surroundings Mm mm-hmm so the building itself that he made is 200 feet long, 86 feet wide. The turret is 82 feet high. There is, of course, a wall surrounding the estate. There Ugh. is, of course, an elaborate conservatory with a huge banana tree growing in it in British Columbia. What? Yeah, screw you, banana tree. No, thank you. I don't know if it was a commune that he had in mind, really. Like, what? what is a commune but a ancient fiefdom or uh, yeah for uh, sure regency lord's little enclosure and manor or whatever yeah. like it's the same fantasy over and over of they're happy doing the work and i get to watch them do it versus uh-huh. how rich people actually get rich i'm yeah. in hell of a mood tonight about money, you sorry. are no go and, for it just so on the estate there were a lot of other buildings because the household was so big they had a refrigeration plant they oh. had now this specific link says cow stables, which is a wild phrase Yo. that I've never encountered. I'm like, do you mean a barn? Yeah, or what is a cow stable? Did they seriously segregate their cows in little tiny stalls apart from the rest yeah. of the barn? That's I don't know. I've never had a cow. Don't yeah, maybe there's such a thing as a cow stable. I've just never encountered this phrase before. Uh-uh. They had, of course, a slaughterhouse and a smokehouse and silos and other stables, which I don't know whether they were for cows, but <laughs> they had rose gardens, Japanese gardens, they had Italian gardens, they had so many gardens, <laughs> so much outdoor space that at the height of it there was a town. For the gardeners to live in. Are you kidding? Because there would be 80 to 120 men working on this place. What so that the devil? So-and-so could wander along and just be like, Papa, a perfect wildflower meadow. Uh-huh, yeah, so that uh-huh. James could be, aha, mm-hmm. every, every time he turned a corner. My <clears throat> goodness. Yep. One of those gardeners' entire jobs, though, you know, was to shine the rose leaves whenever James mm-hmm. wanted to take a walk in that section of the garden or dust <sighs> dust the the pollen off of the lilies so he didn't Seriously. get them on his cravat. 
Yeah, go through and just, like, hand-pick all the dirt that's among the gravel so that he doesn't have to step on anything that's not expensive gravel. Uh Uh-huh. But, I mean, it might give you some context for how he approached this, that the famous quote about building Hatley Castle from him was, I don't care how much it costs, just build it. Mm. (laughs) You're like, well, Mm -hmm. I mean, that's a flex. I'm not going to lie. (laughs) That's a flex. That's fuck you money. (laughs) Yep. So Robert and Joan are eventually able to move into this castle. They are not struck by the curse that affected <laughs> his father. They have a whole different curse or series oh. thereof coming their way. But they are able to move in and start enjoying the retired life. Now, if they are senior enough to retire, you can probably infer mm-hmm. their kids are adults, right? Mm-hmm. Despite a lot of tragedies up to this point, I'm sure James and Laura were thinking, all right, we're settled in, we've got our own kids, Mm -hmm. we're going to help them take over the family business, but this does not go well. Okay. Uh, And I wonder sometimes where I'm like, you you made like your whole life basically the closest to virtual reality that it could be in the early 1900s. Why are you shocked that your kids weren't into this? Are you shocked (laughs) that they weren't like, well, my greatest goal is basically just to replicate what you did and hope Uh it doesn't go south. Uh No. So let's see. They have a couple sons. Of course, they have uh, Robert. They gotta, you know, use the same names over and over and over. Oh my god. Robert is more interested in drinking and running around than working. Sure. Can we call him Robert the Third? I'm trying to trying to break him apart. Baby Bobby. Baby Bobby works (laughs) even better. Yeah, and the sisters, the baby sisters, collectively are called a wild lot with money to burn. (laughs) Which like they're heading into the jazz age. I'm like, I don't know more about these sisters. I do too. Cool. Yes. Now, all the hopes for this family are pinned on James Jr. And I'm not just saying that to make your life easier. This was actually his name. Thank God. They call him Boy, which is wild, (laughs) I guess, instead of calling him Junior or something. I guess. They call him Boy. And the problem is, in 1915, of course, there's a bit of a great war happening. The young men who are of an age to become involved generally became involved sooner or later in James Junior, the boy, is no exception. Okay. Because in 1915, he's 21 years old. And he gets on a ship from Canada to go to England to join the war. Mm-hmm. And the ship was called the Lusitania. Oh, fuck me. Yep. That's what happened to that. Oh, God. Mm-hmm. Sorry, James Junior. Sorry, James Junior. It's downhill from there. And... That happens in both a family way and a cultural way, Uh right? Like, this is Downton Abbey all over again. Yeah. This style of life does not come back from World War I, and it certainly doesn't come back from the Great Depression or World War II. Yeah. So they're going through all this. The kids are either dying young or using up all the money. Uh, James and Laura don't live till the second world war they pass away before then and the remaining kids go oh my god this thing is a nightmare this is an albatross Mm -hmm. this is so expensive and nobody lives like this and we don't have any money yeah so this property this castle this 40 room castle the i don't care what it costs just build it oh my gets sold to the canadian government okay seventy five thousand (gasps) dollars is that all 
Yep. That's the same amount of money he spent building the wall. Just the oh. wall that went around the front part of the property. Oh, oh my goodness. Mm-hmm. Oh, my butt falls out my butt when I think about that. Seriously. What a loss. I'm like, I guess it was just probably costing them money to have at that point. But I'm like, dang, that must have stung to divide that up among the remaining kids. Oh my gosh, right? Like, Eve, everybody, <sighs> hold out your paw. Don't go spending it all in one place. Yep. It's your like if you ever go to a pawn shop or, like, yes. sell stuff at a garage sale. And there's yes. a point where you're like, I wish I would have just given this to you. Because having you hand me a quarter for it feels demeaning to oh, both of us. so degrading to both of us. Oh, <laughs> Not gosh. Not sure how, but it's somehow worse. Right. Did they have to sell Grandpa's Castle, too? Or is that... Out of the picture, out of the story. I have to tell you about that. But now no they're owned by the same trust or the same whoever supervises them now owns both of them, fortunately. All right. So it's 1940 and the government has this castle. And they say what we should do, of course, is make a military college. This is mm. one of the things that I've noticed happens a lot to the castles on our show is unless they're like more properly a lodge of some kind or like always designed to be a hotel... Even those will shift around sometimes. Right. <laughs> be a convent or whatever. But in right. this case, it's like, oh, okay, well, it was a home and now it's a school. And it became a college called Royal Roads, which sounds fancier than it is. It's just named after a river that was oh. nearby. I think. okay. Yeah. And in 1995, it became a full degree-conferring university. Oh, now, cool. we've got some really good stuff happening when you put a bunch of of young people Mm. in an old, sad property. Mm. Let's talk ghosts. Yes, let's Let's do. Ghosts. I mean, we got some good candidates here, right? Oh, my gosh. some tragic, sad stuff going down here. Yes. There's two main ones that are affiliated with Hatley Castle. And this was one that started immediately because over the first couple years between 1940 and 1944 they didn't have extra dorm buildings so the castle was just the dorm where the students lived okay including james jr's childhood bedroom oh no so students told stories that if you were asleep in there, and, you know, there'd be several recruits asleep in sure. there because of the nature of the enterprise, sure. an old woman would come into the room, lift up the sheet to look at you, and then grab you by the leg and drag you onto the floor. No, thank you. Mm-hmm. No. No! No! Yep. Why? You know James Jr.'s nurse didn't do that. So what's I, going they on? Think it's Laura and... What's unclear, or the two competing theories, I guess I should say. One is that she's like, you're not my son, get out of my son's bed. I like that theory. And the other is that she's going, you gotta get out of here, because something bad is gonna happen. That's heartbreaking. Junior. Yeah, that's her kind of repeating that loop and trying to solve something that can't be solved anymore. Yeah. Yeah. There were similar stories that I think are linked to the same ghost about if you worked really late at night, you'd feel a very cold hand on your shoulder. Mm-hmm. Like, okay, go to bed. Okay. Yeah. You gotta stop studying. Yeah. There's one other famous ghost for Hatley Castle, and it's one that reminds me a lot of the the Oregon Lodge that you told me about that was near the cave. So I'm trying to remember which one that was. Yeah. Um... Uh, it was the one where, like, the honeymoon bride died. And this is 
a similar thing. And I didn't even try to go to newspapers.com at this point. I'm like, no, I'm not going to find anything about this. Let's be real. But let me tell you the story anyway. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Because this is one of those things where, right, it's been the property of the government for so long that millions of generations, it feels like, you know, tons of school kids went and they made up their own stories and they right. passed around oral tradition. And one of the big challenges, right. even this little amount of time later, is figuring out what was just a rumor right. versus what was, you know, something that was actually happening and you only found out about it in unofficial ways uh, versus right. just completely made up crap. So what do you always tell me? This is the West. Yep. Yep, exactly. Print the legend. Here's the legend. It's a maid uh, who doesn't get a name. Of course she doesn't. No. Look it up. Uh, Laura's personal maid. Now, for context, you need to understand that James Sr. had a yacht called the Delora. Okay. His daughter's name. Delora, by the way, the daughter, was rumored to have been Tallulah Bankhead's lover. And I'm like, Uh get it, Delora. All Uh right. I do want to hear more about these girls who are wild and have money to burn. They sound fun. Yeah. So he had this yacht, and he had a lagoon, of course, at the bottom of the castle's grounds, and he would keep a crew that ran the yacht that was over 200 feet long. Stop it. a dining room that could seat 24 people. Ugh. It was, you know, a huge yacht. It was a castle that floated, basically. And I bet it cost a yacht. (laughs) pretty good pretty good thanks i'm yacht mad at it (laughs) (laughs) so because why all this is pertinent is because it's not strange that laura would have taken her personal maid with her if she went on a trip on this yacht sure and there were also a bunch of you know for instance sailors around Okay, yes. And this young woman falls in love with an American sailor. I don't know why it's important that he's American, why that's part of the legend, except that maybe it sort of reinforces some stereotypes and expectations about, you know, oversexed, overpaid, and over here. Yes. Fits a certain narrative. Yes, it does. She falls in love with him, believes she's found true love, and as this book euphemistically puts it, behaved accordingly. (laughs) 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 The most oblique way to say boned him that I've ever heard. That I've ever heard. (laughs) I think that's what they're getting at. Well, I mean, yeah, because the next sentence is when she discovered that she was pregnant. (laughs) Uh oh. (laughs) Didn't get that from just kissing. That you get that from behaving. <laughs> what is what was the phrase I've already behaving accordingly? Was. Yeah, you get that from behaving accordingly. Uh huh. <laughs> yeah, you really do. I I've been in love with more people than I realized. I guess. <laughs> Some according behavior. Uh-huh. Uh huh. So of course she says, "Hi, Johnny Yankee Doodle. I'm pregnant <laughs> now. We can get married." And he says, "Oh." One of the cruel things about me is that I'm already married. Mm. Yikes. And she's shamed, of course, and heartbroken. And according to the story, throws herself off the third floor of the castle and dies. Okay. Mm -hmm. What does this have to do with the yacht? The sailor. The guy that was... Yeah, that's how they met. That's kind of the legend of it. Gotcha. 
So the reason I think why this story all fits with a different set of experiences that people have at the castle is this ghost hates men. Sure. Yeah. She And it's an angry presence. Yeah. She does not like you to be up in like the main area where where the family lived and she especially does not like men to be up there and you'll feel this very overwhelming angry physical resentful presence okay okay so i gotta stop you because i think she has been reincarnated and it was in my dachshund Oh, nice. You're right. Remember? Yeah. Bailey didn't. Puritan Bailey. He did not like you being close to each other. Certain Mm -hmm. spaces were Bailey's and he hated men. I did hate men. I forgot that. Yeah. Yeah. So there we go. She's she's found peace. Don't worry. She became a a 22 pound tyrant who lived very (laughs) fat and happy 13 years with me. Oh, a good boy. Good boy. Yeah. Sorry, please continue about this malevolent spirit that I am pretty sure is my dog. I think it tracks. Mm-hmm. All right. Now, we have to back up a little bit to the facts and then start blending in a little bit of legend. Okay. So here's here's some components. Here's what we would go back and sketch in if we had broken this story before lunch and then gone and had a snacky snack and then come back and said, okay, how do we plant the seeds of what we're trying to do here? <laughs> Laura never got over her son's death and had nightmares the rest of her life. Sure. James played the song, Where Is My Wandering Boy Tonight, over and over. We're on track, right? Yes. We got some... That's (laughs) so sad. We got some components ready. Yes. This is another resource about the castle that also talks about the cadets having these strange experiences where she'd pull at their blankets, wake them up, pull on her their legs. Just the general sense, again, and this is a separate presence than the maid, evidently, Uh does not want these young men in this space specifically. Okay. And here, the report is not a freezing hand, but that the cadets, if they studied late at night would feel like they were being wrapped in a mass of freezing cobwebs. Ugh. Mm-hmm. Yuck do. Yeah. Now, here's a another iteration of the maid story. In this one, her name is Annabelle. Okay. And in this one, she has <laughs> fallen in love with an unspecified person. Mm. Right? And the... <sighs> Could be this any man. Person, yeah. I'm like, did you behave accordingly with him? <laughs> what we know is that Annabelle wanted to get married and Laura offered to pay for everything. Okay. But she was left at the altar <gasps> because he was already married and had kids. Oh, she so was this basically just sounds like somebody yes and did draft one of this. Absolutely, right? they did. Where it's like, wait, why would you agree and then like leave it till that time i feel like it's much more plausible to be like oh no i'm already married not like okay we'll plan a wedding (laughs) go for it babe sounds good your employer is apparently being super nice for actually being an employer yeah i'm like why would you pay for everything suspiciously yeah seem more sympathetic that's my thought yeah all right Mm -hmm. oh i should say this annabelle apparently will gaze out and then float through a window facing the sea and no. that window will open and close on its own. And I'm like, okay, sure. Right. Is the idea good. still that this Annabelle committed suicide by throwing yes. herself off the... Gotcha. Okay. 
Okay. But yeah, the idea is still that she went out a window and died. I don't know if it's supposed to be that mm, Fair. <sighs> now, this is a very weird one-off story, but it has an element that always spooks me, so I had to include it. So this was from 2013. A young woman toured the castle with her husband and young daughter. Now, this is, you know, common. You can go take tours sure. of it. It's a nice place. They don't see anything that notable. They're like, okay, that's cool. But they go home. And very early the next morning, a baby's crying wakes them up. And, oh. of course, they have a baby. They're not stressed out about that. Oh, so they okay. run to their daughter's room, though. And, again, this is, like, panicking. They fled to their daughter's room. And I'm like, I never heard Lydia cry on the baby monitor and panicked and fled. Yeah. I would be like, okay, fuck. Yeah, right? <laughs> like, right. yourself over. That's the actual response of what happens. But, okay, panicking, they fled to their daughter's room only to find her sleeping peacefully. Then it happened a second time. The woman quickly checked on her daughter, who was safe and quiet. After she returned to her room, she still heard the crying and discovered it was coming from the baby monitor. To her horror, she discovered the monitor was unplugged and had no batteries. No, she didn't. No. She ended up putting it in another room so she could get some sleep. Additions like that always feel like somebody poked a hole in the story and the person on the spot made something up. For sure. Yeah. Yeah. Where somebody was like, why didn't she just unplug it? And it's like, ah, uh, it was already unplugged. Well, what if it had batteries? No, it was unplugged and it didn't have batteries. I was about to tell you that part. Yeah. How come I never met her? Because she doesn't go to this school. Mm-hmm. Exactly. You just missed her. She was just here. Yeah. So she started to have more poltergeist hauntings, and apparently a psychic that they contacted told them the ghost of a nanny had once worked at the castle and had followed them home and eventually left them alone, I guess. This is one of those, All right. and then just stopped. And then it just... I prefer lemons, and it just stopped. Uh, Yeah. Yeah, and come it's just, no, come on, yeah, give me, give me some kind of satisfying ending. Also, why is the, why is she manifesting as a baby crying on a dead baby monitor? Yeah, I'm like, what, what does that have to do with anything? Also, uh, like, why were you guys going to bed with a baby monitor with no batteries uh, yeah. and unplugged if you're the kind of people who yeah. would just panicked flee across the hall? Yeah. <laughs> hmm. All right, let's see. Some people have seen... Things like, of course, a ghost of a capitalist wandering around while the song Where Is My Wandering Boy Tonight plays eerily. Oh. You know. Very I mean, specific. It's a lazy, but okay. Mm-hmm. Well, because that's the one that James would play over uh-huh. and over after his son died. And, you know, people do one thing. They just kind of establish a motif so that it can be called back in the third act. That's how people live. <laughs> yep. <laughs> That's how we tell their stories, for sure. Yep. Oh, my God. Sometimes you think about that, and you're like, I don't know, man. Like, I go through a phase where you just got to listen to, like, John Denver and who was he singing with? It was, like, just sort of an informal duet. And I'm going to absolutely lose my mind trying to figure out who he was singing with. Kermit the Frog. Very, very good. And I did have to listen to it about 12 times in a row. Fair. And sometimes you do have moments like that where you're like, this hits right, mm-hmm. I like it, this is where my brain wants to be, and I'm not hurting anybody if I need to listen to it for an hour. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Nothing wrong with that. Now imagine you died right there. <laughs> and they'd be like, oh, yeah, I'd, sometimes I still hear Take Me Home Country Roads. And I'm like, it's not like it was like my thing. It just, yeah. That day I was really into it. It just it happened. Uh, 
happened? It's Everybody s- was into Hamilton that year. Come on. It's a snapshot, not a highlights reel. Come on, guys. Jeez. I have dementia. Come on. <laughs> no. Prosaic. Mm-hmm. There's vaguely one that's about seeing a young man wearing a World War One military uniform wandering around. Okay. Um, like, that's, again, one that I feel like is probably not going to hold up really well if you examine, like, when he would have been given the uniform. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but that's fine. He wasn't wearing it around the house, you know, showing off. All right. One last important act in the life of Hatley Castle that I want to tell you about is that it is famous because it is a star. And the reason there's a star, a star is it's very cheap to film movies and TV shows in Vancouver. Ah! Yeah. <laughs> and it is often used as a filming location, especially if you're into comic book movies. So I will go down. I'll see if I feel like going down the whole list. But, oh, uh, my goodness. Here's some highlights. Let's see. You saw Deadpool? Nope. You didn't see Deadpool? No. Have too- you seen any X-Men movie? Yeah, is it Professor Xavier's thing? Yes, it is. Uh, I was in, thinking about until that they one. went into like the new ones with Days of Future. Oh no, fuck stuff. those! That's not it. But like X Men, X Men United, yeah. X Men Last Stand, Deadpool, yeah. Deadpool Two. That's Hatley Castle. Oh, cool. If you watched Smallville and you saw Lex Luthor's castle, nope, that was Hatley Castle. If you saw the Spider-Man trilogy, the ones with Tobey Maguire, nope. the interior of the Osborne estate was the interior of Hatley Castle. Right on. Yep. Uh, it's been on MacGyver. It's been on Masterminds. It's been on, let's see, there was a horror movie called The Changeling that was filmed inside there. If you watched the Arrow television series, it is Oliver Queen's mansion. Dang. <laughs> If you, let's see, it was on the Dead Zone, it was on Bones, it was on Amazing Race Canada, it was, my personal favorite, was Oridon Prep in the Disney trilogy, Descendants, Descendants 2, and Descendants 3, which is probably the most recent place that I saw it, and I'm like, oh my god, I didn't realize that was Professor Xavier's Overgifted Children. Yeah. (laughs) Or whatever it's called. Uh, yeah, that was hilarious to me that it's just like this same one property that was meant to be this fantasy estate for this guy has become this quintessential uh-huh. fantasy estate uh-huh. everywhere but actually Vancouver, everywhere but actually <laughs> British Columbia, <laughs> yes. right? It's, yes. it's mostly in outright like comic book sci-fi fantasy stories because yeah. it's not a good like fake medieval castle. Right. It looks exactly like what it is, which is something that was built by a rich guy a while ago, but not so long ago that you start doing math about what parts of the country it could be. For sure. Perfect. It's perfect. It's just, like, neutral. It is. Yeah, I was going to say it's beige. It's the castle equivalent Mm -hmm. of beige. Yeah, it's got, like, good strong bones, but you can dress it up a lot and get some very different looks. Mm Mm-hmm. Good for you. But, yeah, it's been preserved. It's facing a lot of the struggles that I'm preaching to the choir if I tell you about historic buildings, but I'll recap some of it just because it's of interest that, you know, some of the stuff was built to last past the lifetime of its builder, but it was not built to last until now. Sure. Some of the stuff that we're putting it through in terms of climate change is not what it was built for. It's expensive. But of course, because it belongs to the government, if you charge money to get into parts of it, 
then you're going to get outraged for that as well. Sure. Uh, one of the things that actually, oh, so funny, I am impossible to please, and I know we all knew that, but I was both <laughs> sad at the idea that 120 people maintained the grounds, and I'm also sad at the idea that now it's down to, like, five, oh. because they've closed off so much of it. They maintain a couple of them, I think they maintain the Japanese garden, and I want to say, like, the formal flower garden. Mm -hmm. What is it? Okay, Rose Garden, Italian Garden, and Japanese Garden are the ones that are still there. Okay. And it's really good for a handful of people. Yeah. But you do kind of go like, oh, shoot. I, I don't want anybody's life's work to be this. I'm just sad I didn't get to see it. For sure, yeah. Well, I guess I'd be okay with it being their life's work as long as that's what they want. You know, they're not an indentured yeah, servant want. gardener, but if they, like, works for the Parks Department of Vancouver yeah. and they're like, no, this is cool, I get to come and, you know, work in this historic garden. Go for it, guys. I will support that all day long. Yeah, I think historic gardens would be really interesting because it's like you're not preserving stuff the same way that you are with a building mm -hmm. with a few exceptions there's no expectation that you're going to have the same flowers next year but you have to make a decision about what the right kind of flowers are to plant yeah exactly and follow the trends and make it like look like it would have looked even though i don't know i think that's very neat i i would love to see it sometime when i'm up there absolutely very cool <sighs> And I don't know that I would expect to see a ghost, because I don't think I'm the kind of person that those ghosts like to mess with, apparently. Yes. But at minimum, I would love to go there and pretend I was an X-Man. Oh, you, A, you wouldn't have to pretend, and B, I assume this is Ouija Broad's Retreat 2.0, and therefore we'd be together, Ooh. and I am exactly the kind of person that ghosts like to mess with. I mean, you saw how I reacted about a spider in this corporeal <laughs> world, so... <laughs> Uh, I just meant that they seem to mostly bother men, but... Oh, well... They, they'd make an exception for you. I'm sure they would for you. I mean, you're kind of famous. You're like a big deal, so... Yeah, I'm probably a big deal. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's fine. We'll bring your husband. You don't have to tell him he's bait. Here we go. He'll never hear this. Nope. <laughs> nope. Sorry, baby. Uh <laughs> <laughs> Oh, so you'd go there with me? Would you stay if they had if the rooms in it were still like bedrooms? Would you stay in James Junior's little bedroom? Yeah, I would. I would. I don't I'd know. I'd be so scared the whole time, though. Would you really see? And I guess because it's I don't know why they're it's because they're women ghosts, or if it's because we've talked about it on the show, and so I've got kind of like ha ha, this is funny associations. I wouldn't be scared. I don't think. Um, no, I'd just be kind of like, ooh, what's going to happen? It doesn't sound like anything really bad happens. Just get pulled out of bed. Whatever, I fall out of bed all the time. That's nothing new. <laughs> You're so casual about it. And I'm like, if I were there with you, and we were just, like, hanging out and, yeah. and shooting the shit and making it at a party, then no. But if I was there by myself, I my brain, yeah. in 45 minutes yeah. of turning the lights off, would have completely conjured yeah. everything that no one even thought of to include yeah. in making this house yeah. scary. Like, yeah. yeah. I think that's really more what I mean sometimes when I say I would be scared of it. Is okay. That would give my anxiety goblin the juice that makes it go fast. And I can't do that. <laughs> That's fine. That's me camping. Like, mm. nothing bad is going to happen, but my anxiety goblin is like, guess who kills people? Cougars and bears. Guess where okay. you're at in the middle of cougar and bear town? It's Giant-ass moose came through town the other day, Devin. Oh! 
I was just thinking about it again because of our moose. Big old peanut heads. Oh, so big. Big old peanut heads. What was it doing in Spokane? Where did it go? Uh, Vibin. Was totally vibing. Did it come down from Browns Mountain or do you know where? <laughs> Listen, you you have a lot of follow up questions about this moose, but I was not prepared. <laughs> Let me recap my original point here. It's moose big. <laughs> it's about remember an egg. moose. Moose big, Devin. <laughs> we talked about moose one time. <laughs> I remember when that happened. I was there for that. <laughs> Meanwhile, Devin. Okay, episode part two. This moose story. Tell me all about it. <laughs> I don't know I what. I saw a tweet, okay? I don't know I'm what sorry, you expected. I, I don't know what you, you brought me an animal story. I don't know what you expected. Oh my god, I have to tell you this other animal story, though, because it's too short to be an episode, but I need you to hear it. Give me just a second. Yeah, I mean, is it going to be satisfying, or am I going to have too many questions for you? Well, I can read you the article. I absolutely agree with you, though. Like, if I was staying there by myself, hell fucking no. But if it was, you know, like, if it's a place we've talked about and I think that it's funny now or it's got positive associations and I'm with someone, I think I could handle it. But no, if you ask me to stay somewhere, dude, I was in, I mean, I couldn't like house sit somebody's brand new house without <laughs> being like, oh my God, it's obviously haunted. I heard a noise. Let me read you another title we have some very good titles that come up on this show and this one despite being a contemporary one well i should it's from 2018 yeah still very good woman says she telepathically urged mountain lion out of her oregon home (laughs) (laughs) yep (laughs) here's the story according to lauren taylor Uh as she posted it on facebook there's a mountain lion in our living room (laughs) Hey, here's here's how Lauren decided to approach this. Loving her to peace so she'll go out safely. So there's all these pictures. Lauren. Oh my god, actually. Let Lauren. me send you this link because Lauren. most of them are just a cougar, a mountain lion, hanging out on a couch like every cat you've ever <laughs> seen. And it's so relaxed and happy and clearly like, oh, this is very good. I rub my head on it. I approve of this. <laughs> And then there's one where it's just sitting behind the couch with its eyes glowing. Go enjoy these pictures. It's a beautiful creature. I would also be charmed by how beautiful it is. Oh, he's just, she's very close. She's very close to this. Mm -hmm. It's in her living room. So it's asleep when she first spots it. When she makes noise, I'm like, why'd you make noise? (laughs) It wakes up. She woke up i guess taylor kind of calls the shot on the gender and why not we guess that they're boys all the time this one we can guess i gazed lovingly then blinked hard and then she did it back then she went back to sleep oh, no! that's not what you wanted mm-hmm. oh yeah. my so the thing stays on or behind the sofa for six hours <laughs> And then Dawn is approaching, and Lauren's becoming concerned because she knows the cougar needs to leave. Yeah. So oh, here's what she does. She sends telepathic pictures of the routes out of the house via open doors and the route out the backyard, across the creek, through an open field, and back up into the hills. So I think it's like when you're at a hotel, mm-hmm. and they're like, the you know, on the back of the door, here's yeah. your room, and here's the yep. fire exits. She sent her one of those. Yep. And we got guidance 
intriguing, that the way to rouse her and get her to... <laughs> Sorry, right ahead in the sentence fell over because of where it lands. We got guidance that way to rouse her and get her to leave safe spot. Get her to leave her safe spot behind the sofa. God, this is a nightmare sentence. Yeah. Basically, whoever gave them this guidance said the way you can get this mountain lion out of here without panicking her is drumming. (laughs) 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 You know how mountain lions love drumming drumming. from white people? Slipknot (laughs) is their favorite band ever. Get two drummers. That's perfect. (laughs) Oh my gosh. So, for whatever reason... This is what you will hear in the video. You will hear drumming as this mountain lion hauls itself up and cautiously makes its way out of the house. Uh. As Lauren says, it was a perfect ending to a blessed encounter that would have been more dangerous if approached from a lower frequency. From from a lower frequency. A lower so frequency. She vibrated so well for the <laughs> Basically, I feel like what Lauren is saying is R.I.P. to anybody who ever got eaten by a cougar, but I'm different. You did vibrate on the right frequency. You and your drums. What? Yep. Yep, her and her drums vibrated on the right frequency to help this beautiful and powerful animal get back where it goes. But, I mean, it's the kind of thing where you're like... I'm not sure about your interpretation, but I think I kind of believe you had a mountain lion in your living room. <laughs> I see it here. Its eyes are glowing behind your... Um, I'm not this actually a big fan of that couch pillow. No. And I see a giant chunk of some kind of crystal, which seems about right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Here's the part uh, that I don't know is how did it get in? How? Yeah. Yeah. Lauren, honey, are you just vibing with your windows open in cougar country? Yes. Angel yeah, baby, I'm, that's not what oh, we do. I don't know. Oh, Look at it. I've been urged to point out that I can hold a very high frequency and have extensive experience communicating with animals, says Lauren, and I'm not suggesting anyone seek out interactions with mountain lions. What? Yeah, so her version is basically my housemate, by shouting and slamming a door, made the energy wrong. But I fixed the energy by consciously raising my frequency and connected with a loving gaze. And they kept doing the slow blink thing. Apparently they saw that meme about how you blink slowly at a cat to communicate love or vice versa or whatever. Okay. And I'm like, I think the cougar wasn't hungry. Okay, I think the cougar wasn't hungry is right. Uh, 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 okay, oh, here we go. The cat was drinking from our large fountain slash pond that's right at the back door before she came in. The door was open and the room has huge plants and stairs built around real tree branches, so she likely didn't even realize she was walking until she no! was inside. No! No! Lauren, she fucking knew! She's not... Oh, God! She... I love that that's the part that you... You, so, that makes so me mad. Your, your version is that, that the cougar makes went me in mad. The, the cougar knew if it was going into a building. Like she cannot tell me that the cougar is this in tune with its feelings and emotions and her white lady drumming that it peacefully left her abode. But it was so fucking dumb that it didn't know <laughs> it was walking from grass into her Born wayfair carpet. Vibrations on. 
no, this is the part that I refuse. It did not think her house was an oasis, that it was an Eden, that it was a garden within a garden. Lauren, you lost me. You lost me, and I was the only one in this dialogue who was on your side. That's amazing that that's the part that threw you. Oh, I'm just God, like, oh, that makes think, me mad. I mean, I think the concept of didn't know is kind of meaningless when it comes to a cougar. It's like, did it sense that this was something that meant something to us? Why would it? What? Like, it doesn't care. It, it wanted to go lie down on a couch. It's valid. <laughs> Couches don't grow on trees, Lauren. It knew it wasn't in the fucking jungle. Oh, I'm <laughs> mad at this. The jungle. You promoted it to being some I know. I know. Mm, but you know what Amazing. I mean. You understand the spirit of I my do. argument. I do understand the spirit of your argument. I'm on a high enough frequency to understand where you're coming from about this story. I'm sure you are. Ugh. Mm-hmm. Uh, Oh. Uh, you're more like on a high horse about whether people would know whether a cougar is inside or not. I'm on I'm on the highest horse you can imagine right now when it comes to Lauren Taylor. She's she's out of there. There is not enough rose quartz in the world on her floor for me to vibe with her. Sorry, girlfriend, <laughs> but te- oh. Oh my god. I I I'm kind of excited for her though. I feel like that's the time I saw a raccoon on the roof, but like Ten times better. I mean... But also examine your life. <laughs> I mean, it, uh, you know, you didn't post about yours on Facebook, so did it even really happen, A of all? If I had gotten some sweet pictures like Lauren and, did, maybe. Yeah, well, B of all, invite that raccoon back. They usually travel in packs, and if you could get it in a trench coat, I would assume <laughs> it was a mountain lion. Get five of yeah. them in there, you know? Okay. Yeah, we can workshop this. <laughs> Have you had a rabies shot recently? You'll be fine. You'll be fine. The story of Hatley Castle is pretty familiar, right? That it's a place that was built for somebody's dream. Yeah. And their dream did not outlive them. Yeah. But it became a part of a lot of other people's lives. Yeah. And I'm always appreciative when a building does that like the Corbin Mansion did or like Manresa Castle did because it means that it makes it forward into the future with us and we yeah. get to be a part of its story one way or another i always feel a connection to all the ones that we profile mm-hmm. like, oh yeah i know a place there i know oh, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. i mean am i any good for travel recommendations never but of course not i feel connected to these places yeah and i got to learn more about them and it's not just the ghosts i think the ghosts are what make me pick up the name and start looking and then there's always something fascinating like with the empress that whole story with Ugh. his wife and the chauffeur and an Ugh. ice pick murder and like yes all manner of crap going down and you go over here and you're like oh the lusitania this this castle has everything yes it's got <laughs> scandalous american men that yes. knock up sweet canadian girls and leave them it's got nannies it's got the lusitania it's got yes. <laughs> world war one cadets it's got a sad record that plays like in the shining <laughs> <laughs> yes, thank you. Uh huh. You're giving me everything I need. I know it. I appreciate checks it. Checks all your boxes. All my boxes. <sighs> Folks, if you want to come check out what we're doing on social media, you always know where to find us. We are at Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Our website is WeedYourBroads.com, and you can rate, review, and subscribe to our show on iTunes 
or any of the finest podcast catchers. We appreciate your support so much, the ratings, the reviews, the comments, even if we do not have our own social media person who can kind of manage that for us on top of our day jobs, Mm -hmm. uh, we do see it and we do appreciate it. So thank you for that. I'm looking forward to coming back at you in a couple weeks and getting to hear what Devin's going to tell me about. Do you have any sneak previews for us or just going to be surprised? I think you're just going to be surprised because I have a, I have a couple leads. You don't know yet? Yeah, mostly. I got a couple leads I'm (laughs) following, but who knows? That's okay. This was going to be something completely different. And you said ghosts, and I'm like, sold. Boom. Do you have any recommendations for me? What do you want to hear next week? What do I want to hear next week? What does Liz want? Hmm. A weird person who really lived. All right. You got it. Like a Willy Wiley or a Rainbow Man or a Nelly or one of those. Yep. You got it. Yeah. All right, my voice is wearing out because I used it all up telling you some rad stuff today. You I did. I enjoyed it. I did indeed. Everybody, you know what we're going to tell you to do. We need you to live weird. Die weird. And stay weird. Thank you for listening. Thank you for listening, friends. Hello friends, we are the Ladies of Strange. I'm Ashley. I'm Tiffany. And I'm Rebecca. Have you ever wondered if Jenny's head really did fall off when they removed the green ribbon? Or if aliens are hiding in the tails of comets waiting to take us away? Or if there's any scientific basis to the Ouija board? Well then don't risk your search history and join us each Thursday as we discuss the history, mystery, and theory of all things questionable, odd, and eerie. New episodes are released every Thursday. You can find us on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. More information about the show, including show notes and links to our social media, can be found on our website, theladiesestrange.com. Keep it strange, lovelies.